What did you eat for breakfast? What did I eat for breakfast? Porridge. <laughs> Welcome to Music on Your Own Terms, the podcast that aims to help musicians develop an entrepreneurial mindset through interviews, as well as discussing resources, concepts, successes, and more. Providing a platform to talk about negative emotions such as anxiety and depression in order to help overcome them in the context of music and reduce the social stigma. This is episode 79. Sponsored by the Skinny Armadillo Printing Company in Fort Worth, Texas, offering screen printing, embroidery, laser engraving, and a range of other services. Go to theskinnyarmadillo.com to learn how they can help you get your merch business to the next level. I'd really appreciate it if you would leave a review on iTunes, because that really helps the podcast get in front of more people just like you who want to learn from the successes, strategies, and failures of artists and entrepreneurs that I talk to. I really feel that the information coming from those guests is exceedingly valuable for the musicians community and anyone wanting to pick up tips from other people's experiences. This episode, I'm stoked to be talking with Simone Dow, guitarist with the awesome prog band Voyager from Australia. Simone talks about her family's move from Scotland getting a scholarship for classical guitar, and subsequently getting into metal and never looking back. We hear about life on the road, endorsement deals, and what it means to be signed to a record label in today's DIY world. In addition, Simone graciously shares her experiences with chronic migraines and how she manages practicing and playing shows, along with getting the word out about the organization Migraine Australia as well as the condition itself. This episode, I wanted to take a moment to remember the notorious RBG herself, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. We have truly lost an incredible force in equal rights, someone who gave me a small amount of hope that people can actually hold positions of influence and not be totally corrupt. May she rest in peace and her legacy be a guide to build from. We now have more of a struggle to ensure that our more vulnerable groups of society are fought for and not exploited. Please make sure you register to vote and encourage anyone in your circle of influence to do the same. Dig deep into yourself and really consider the values you hold dear. What is more important, money and power or human life? If it's the latter, then the choice is obvious. But if the outcome is successful in removing the current administration, there is still a massive amount of work to be done to make sure that society transitions to one where we collectively care for those who are suffering and weed out corruption. The only way we can become a stronger society is through empathy. Thank you for listening. Here's my interview with Simone. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. Today I'm joined all the way from Australia by Simone Dow of the band Voyager. How are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? <laughs> I'm well, thank you. Yeah, and if uh, I think if you, you've been living in un, under a rock and you're into Prague, um, you know, you haven't heard of Voyager, just get on it because... I mean, you guys have pardoned my French, fucking amazing. For people that don't know Voyager, um, prog metal, hint of deep gent uh, with 80s synth pop overtones, I guess. I mean, I'm sure you've had a lot of different descriptions because people, 
people don't like to hear stuff that's multi-genre, but um, yeah, I I discovered you guys because I listened to Leprous a ton, and it, good man, probably on a probably on a Spotify suggested list, and I think I got into you in I'm, I want to say when the V album was out. Yeah, so it's been a while, but yeah, I'm really psyched that you've. Uh, you're able to come on the podcast. Um, so uh, you're the guitar player? Yes, I am. And it, it, is it right, you, um, other than Danny the singer, you're the longest running member? That's correct. So I'm the lex- next awesome. longest running member of the band. That's excellent. How, how long have you been with them? I joined in December 2005, so... Um, God, it doesn't even feel like it's been. This has <laughs> gone so far. So what's that like? Fifteen years? It'll be yeah, in December. Yeah, in December it'll be fifteen years. So, yeah. Fantastic. No regrets here. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I uh, just wanted to, you know, dig into history a little bit. Um, so originally you're from Scotland. Yep. That's correct. Um, what made you move to Australia? Uh, well, my parents. My dad wanted to, uh, wanted a new fresh start. Um, I mean, I didn't get much say in it. I was only six at the time, so. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, he wanted a fresh start. We moved over. Um, it nearly didn't actually end up being longer than six months because Australia was in a recession when we arrived. So that mm. was nearly a, a bit of a disaster. But we persevered and then Dad finally got some work and uh, been here ever since. I mean, we went back to move a cut like, for a... A, a year once back in 94 uh but yeah apart from that i've been here the the whole time and yeah it's been great awesome. you know i mean i it's a very different way of living in australia than, than scotland as you can imagine i mean there's a lot better weather for a start um but you know i mm-hmm. don't know that i would have had the same opportunities with music even back there so it's yeah i'm you know everything happens for a reason <laughs> for sure um, when when did you start playing guitar? Uh, I got a scholarship for music uh, in, oh, God, year five, which is what I would have been 10 or 11 at the time. Okay. So I got a scholarship for classical guitar. Well, it was a music scholarship, and I got to pick what instrument I was doing, and I, I ended up getting classical guitar. I uh, did that for uh, two years of primary school and then five years of high school. So I went to the high school where I got the scholarship and yeah. And then I picked up an electric guitar when I was 14, 13, 14 and got into the heavy mm-hmm. music. And I was like much to the, uh, <laughs> my poor classical guitar teacher was horrified when I started playing heavy metal, as you can imagine. <laughs> but, um, yeah. And I never, I never really looked back once I started, um, sort of teaching myself chords and stuff on the electric guitar at 13 or 14 mm. and then got a few lessons and yeah it's just that's that's been the the journey was there a, a specific uh, like what got you into music in the first place why why did you decide or why did you get the opportunity to uh, do music as opposed to anything else music's always been like a huge part of my family my dad was a musician my mum was a musician uh, my mum was a singer in a band. My dad played guitar and drums from like a young age. His dad was a drummer, a jazz drummer. So it's in the in the genes, in the blood. Cool. Um, and I just grew up around music. Like my parents were always cranking music and always had felt a, like a strong emotional connection 
to music so I guess I just didn't really have a, have a, a choice in the matter it was you know I and you know I saw my dad playing guitar so I wanted to play guitar and then once the bug bit me it was just you know you just don't stop once you sort of go down that down that rabbit hole mm. is there any uh, specific guitar player that that made you say oh I want to do that professionally yeah um I I, I mean if I'm being honest like uh you know first when I first sort of started playing electric guitar you know it was probably like Metallica and Nirvana and stuff like that but then once I actually started Mm. getting into sort of more lead playing I was getting into players like Steve Vai and Gary Moore and Joe Satriani um you know and even Dimebag was a huge influence uh you know and then you just sort of go down a rabbit hole there as well and I started like really getting into players like Per Nilsson from Scar Symmetry. I mean he's just absolutely amazing. Mm. Uh Guthrie Govan was another player I just absolutely just love but could never mm. even hold a candle to him but <laughs> few who can there there are few who can. Yeah. So um that's that's excellent and yeah per, I, oh actually quick uh, Per Nilsson story um I don't know if you saw like last year they had a, a call for like backing vocalists for their new album that's you know years and years in the works and hopefully it'll come out soon but I'm at, yeah I actually submitted something so I'm 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 in that Ooh. choir in the background nice so. I think it's great when bands do that like I mean we we um yeah we were trying to think of top like that when we were doing Kickstarter as well. I mean, it's hard to do things like that as well because you're obviously trying mm. to get people from all over the world to, you know, contribute to right. things that you're doing. But I think it's awesome, like, when, you know, fans can get involved in that sort of stuff. It's just great. Yeah. I mean, it gives gives fans a, an affinity and, and gives them more of a personal yeah. connection. And, and it makes, like, now, even though I, <clears throat> I'm super um, psyched to be on it and it's, you know, I don't know when it's going to come out, but even even though I know psychologically it's what's happening, um, the fact that I'm on there is like, oh, I'm now going to, you know, pass that on to all my friends and they're going to listen to it. So the it, it's that whole super fan thing. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, so. look, everyone's a super fan of, of someone. That's the way I look at it. Like even yeah, your favorite exactly. band members are super fans of other bands as well. So it's just... And it's mm-hmm. uh, it all helps. It all helps with the the putting it together. And you know, like I loved all the stuff with Kickstarter, and that was really sad when when Pledge Music kind of lost all that. Uh, you know, they kind of went bankrupt. Mm. What a great idea! But just the music industry is just a tough tough nut at the moment, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, so I did want to. I mean, sorry to my non-guitar fans, but this is going to be a bit nerdy <laughs> of a conversation. But uh, I want to talk about like endorsements yeah. and stuff because um, I think that's that's an important part of uh, being being in the music industry. Um, you were originally with Ibanez. I was. Is that correct? And you had uh, had that nice uh, gem seven string. And did you have, have end up having your own signature or you? I didn't have a signature. No, I had a lot of different guitars. I still have a couple of my Ibanez guitars. Uh, I still got my gem, mm. not the seven string, just the white one. That's a that's a yep. special guitar. That's not going anywhere. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. But now I'm using um, Ernie Ball Music Man, and I have a mm-hmm. JPX seven string, 
which they don't make anymore, sadly. But I basically picked it purely mm. on spec. Like, I wanted to have a guitar that was more, I don't know, I just wasn't, like, not, I'm not, like, ragging out or anything because I still think Ibanez do some, like, fantastic instruments. And like I said, I still own a few of them and I will keep them forever and mm. they're fantastic. But wasn't really there wasn't anything really coming out that was really ex- making me excited for a while um and i was just kind of wanting to get something a bit more high end woods you know chambered body um mm-hmm. something that i could play and just be like wow you know just be completely blown away with it um and so i had a there was a rep <laughs> the wa rep I've been friends with him for years, and he's been hounding me for years. When are you gonna, when are you gonna move over to music, man? <laughs> I was like, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then eventually, I kind of was like, okay, I'm gonna actually seriously look into it. And I picked the JPX because it basically had all the um, specs that I would pick if I was gonna make a signature guitar. <laughs> basically, mm-hmm. everything that I love about a guitar. Um, it's got an older body, which is semi-chambered. Um, mm-hmm. It's got a um, mahogany neck and tone block, ebony fretboard, uh, five-way switch, which the music mans don't usually have. It's a very much an Ibanez thing. Mm. This, this one had the blade switch, though, which right. I love. Um, does that model have the piezo system? Yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah I went the full... Yeah, so it's a it's a BFR, mm-hmm. so it's a Ball Family Reserve model, um, nice. and yeah, I just I picked it. I hadn't even played one, and it came out of the case in just absolutely amazing. Like the setup on it was insane. It just played like right. butter out of the case. I was just like blown away straight away so yeah it's been sold on them ever since so <laughs> hmm. but yeah that's that's, that's my great. main workhorse so um and we just basically um use the seven string and just change the tunings on the strings to suit what era we're playing because a lot of the old voyager stuff is in drop d on a six string okay so yeah yep that's my main workhorse um and i think and scott was with ibanez and alex has been with Mayonez uh since from what i can tell quite a long yeah. time uh and then scott went to mayonnaise yeah. any reason you didn't go with mayonnaise as well i don't i i think they're great guitars but uh i can't play guitars without the arm you know the little um bevel for your arm to rest on your picking hand oh yeah yep the mayonnaises mm-hmm. don't have that and i always get massive okay. bruised wrists from that and also mm. I don't know. I just they just don't not my vibe like neck wise either. Okay. I played a couple of of ones though. I went to the when we were in, on tour the last time in the UK. We went to the um the London Guitar Show and we met with some of the reps mm-hmm. and um I actually played a couple of guitars there that played really nice. The one without the heads the headless one um that yep. one played amazing so there are a couple that i really like but just not really my my thing that's all that nothing not that there mm. haven't been a few models that i've went yeah that's great and, I'll, and scott's guitar is amazing as well but i feel more comfortable playing my guitar um 
I'd like the action a bit lower, the neck profile a little bit different as well to, to what, what Scott likes. Mm. So everyone's different, eh? That's great. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, and so, so um, like if, if all things were, were created equal, I mean, you, you definitely sound like you're um, more geared towards the actual guitar. Because I've, I've heard a lot of people say a lot of the endorsement deals uh, – really happen because of the uh, personality and the relationship you have with the reps rather than the actual instruments. So I, I guess it depends on the player. I know some 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 players don't really care that much about their instruments and other players are really personal about them. It's a bit of both, really, I think. I think if the relationship's good and the instrument's good, it's great. And obviously, if mm. you know you want that, and I happen to luckily have a good relationship as well with... with um, Ernie Ball Music Man in Australia, um, and um, and they've been doing a lot more uh, work with the American one as well. I mean, they even popped me up on the website. Mm. I've been featured on their like International Women's Day posts and stuff. So it's just like it's actually crazy when you see that, and you know, and and me honest, right. I've been doing the same with with Alex and Scott. So it's like if you've got a good relationship and the instruments mm-hmm. are good, everyone's happy, you know. <laughs> That's Absolutely. what you want. It's meant to be like that. Totally. And just just for everyone out there, I mean, what what's your opinion on endorsement deals as a general rule? Um, you know, as far as the company versus the artist. Yeah. Well, look, if you if you're kind of thinking about approaching a brand um, to do that, you know, obviously take into account what you're saying as well. Yeah, the product. Are you happy with the product? Is this definitely what you want to be using? Mm. Uh, most contracts are usually 12 to 24 months um you want to kind of look into as well whether it's an exclusive thing or not uh i think most of the kind of low end low tier should i say endorsements or low to mid tier so not like massive bands like Mm. you know metallica or something like that but like you know kind of like your low to mid tier bands that are doing it um sometimes they they don't put like a a limit on like you don't have to exclusively use them some of them do but that's something that you want to look into because you want to do the right thing <laughs> um sure the length of time the discount <laughs> is important as well because mm-hmm. obviously it's expensive um and just what sort of support they're willing to provide i guess as well like um i'm also endorsed with mesa boogie um, amplifiers and they mm-hmm. have been absolutely amazing um, in terms of like helping out with rigs and things when we're touring um, that's what you that's mm. that's where it's all you know where the, the the mutually beneficial relationship comes in you know so it's like you promote you have to be prepared to actually promote and um you know mm-hmm. advertise sure. for the brand as well but if you like the brand that shouldn't be a problem you know it should come naturally right so that's exactly. why it's important to pick brands that you like because <laughs> right. if you don't like it then you're like oh why am i promoting this like um but yeah that's Absolutely. just all stuff to think about um yeah price what they're offering you what you can offer them um and obviously what what products they have and will you use them Uh, so i can't really think of anything else really to 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 think of to 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 make note but yeah so um yeah just to touch on your your amp setup you're using uh 
an axe effects into the Mesa. Uh, is it the thirty thirty or the twenty twenty? I, I was. The power amp. I've changed my rig. <laughs> I have downgraded. Ah, okay. I've downsized. Um, I'm now using a Helix Stomp as my effects unit okay. because it fits in the front pouch of my pedal train pack and I can take it on as hand luggage. It weighs <laughs> nothing. And I am now using just a little mini rectifier amp as a power amp. So okay. everything fits on as hand luggage uh, apart from the guitars. But yeah, my entire rig is hand luggage now. It's amazing. Like that, That's fantastic. Yeah, because the Axe Effects was great in terms of like what it can do and stuff but for touring hmm. man they get messed up baggage handlers just don't yeah treat your gear well at all i had to like i had to get fixed hmm. like three times on insurance and i was just like i was just i can't keep doing this like it's just like you know that's the thing out of action for like two months when it's broken so it's wow. yeah so I had I just decided like go this go the small portable unit. It's a it's a, a a one for the floor, so the likelihood of it getting destroyed is pretty minimal. Like you got to step on mm. it; it's built to be stood on. <laughs> um, and yeah, and the little sure. rectifier head is weighs less than five kilos, and it goes in the little overhead compartment, and it's in a shoulder bag, so it's. And the thing's only like twenty watts, and it absolutely rips. Like, you should hear the thing. It's just whoa. yeah. I <laughs> I think it's an exciting time, really, because you're seeing you know a lot of uh, companies coming out with these tiny pedal-based amps, and they sound killer. I mean, I I've got a um, Mark Tremonti PRS head, and for fifteen watts, I mean, I can barely turn it on half on on the. Uh, on the volume at the seven yeah. seven watt setting and it's ridiculously loud at that point so you know it, it's it's a great time to to be a guitar player because things things are just coming out like uh uh the blue gamp you seen those pedals with the it's got an actual tube in it oh wow blue no. guitar i haven't seen yeah, those no. uh, Tom, Tom, thomas blue a fantastic strat player uh from germany worked with hughes and kettner um and I think I want to say Jennifer that, Batten has endorses yeah. them, or at least uses them. Uh, um, but yeah, it's basically the, the this range of pedals that are amps with a tube in it. Um, so it's it's a great time. It has to be like that though, because it's just impossible to, you know, take a lot of this stuff. You know, they're, they're making they're making aeroplanes smaller. Mm -hmm. Like, well, I say smaller. They're making the space sure. smaller for people so they can fit more people on, you know, and they're yep. trying to reduce how much luggage you can take on the plane. So it's just kind of like, well, you know, you've got to find a way to make that work because otherwise it's going to cost thousands of dollars. So Yeah, or <laughs> yeah, or, or find a singer that, you know, that can fly planes like Bruce Dickinson. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Get a license. <laughs> right. Cool. Um. Let's see. So, uh, let's talk about um, one thing. Oh, yeah, one thing I wanted to talk about bringing Lapras back up. Um, you've done. Is it one single with Ina uh, on yep. on vocals? Um, so what I wanted to say about that is, you know, back in the day, um, you know, you had bands that worked together and and they did 
stuff. I mean, famous one would be, uh, you know, George Harrison and Eric Clapton yep. um, did a couple of songs back in, in the day. And um, but now what it, what what I see is, you know, for, it, it's still this musical, you know, partnership. And it's really cool to get with other musicians from other bands. But now it's almost a social media slash, um, uh, you know, like Spotify, you have the artists called out. So, you know, like just like I said, I discovered you guys because I'm a fan of Lapras already, um, you know, do you think that it's more of a conscious decision to get with other bands so that you get the cross pollination of fans or is it still, Hey, let's, let's do a song together. Cause it will be cool. Probably a bit of both. I mean, for us, it was mainly just because we were like, had these, we had two songs that were a bit more kind of mellow. Um, and that mm. was entropy and runaway. And we basically talked like, oh, Einar would be probably pretty good on like one of these tracks. Like we always mm. like we're huge Leprous fans, and we're friends with them as well because we've done a few tours. So we became yep. really good friends with them. We brought them to Australia, and then they took us to Europe on a on a short run as well. And we mm. just became really good mates with them. Uh, so it just made sense, you know. It's like we love Leprous, we love Einar's voice. This. This is kind of would suit his voice, and we were looking to do a guest anyway. Let's just see if he's free. Right. <laughs> you know, like it was kind of like that was the natural progression. Um, we went really. I mean, yeah, obviously it helps. Like you know, playing on each other's stuff, it helps with cross promotion. Um, I, I guess maybe like our manager was probably thinking from that angle, but we were more going right, for, for like sure. we were more like oh, we we really wanted Einar's voice on there, um, and because we're huge fans, so yeah, and mates, so that was really mainly that. And he was able to do it, and he liked the song and didn't say it was shit, so <laughs> <laughs> so that's how it happened. <laughs> awesome. Well, um, I think he's. Th I think he didn't think it was shit. He hasn't said it was. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's definitely not. Um, so yeah, I mean, from that from that point, um, you're with Seasons of Mist currently. Yeah, is that correct? Yeah, they've got some uh, cool artists. You got Ancients. I really love Ancients from Canada. Gorguts, Phil Anselmo's on there with a couple of his bands. From your perspective, like uh, you know, we're we're in the DIY you know environment now. Uh, what does a does getting on a record label, you know, do in this stage um, now that the industry is the way it is? Look, it's record labels have still got more reach than you're ever going to have doing it yourself. I mean, that's uh. just they've got the contacts, they've got the stores. You know, the distribution is far and wide compared to DIY. Mm -hmm. Um. So that's obviously a big help. Also, printing and pressing. You don't have to worry about that when you've got a label. <laughs> right. Because they sort all of that out. Obviously, yeah, okay, that comes out of the whole, you know, money side of things, but it's all swings and roundabouts really, isn't it? Like one's an upfront cost and one's not. So, <laughs> right. But it's mainly for the, 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 the distro is the big thing, you know, for reach, getting into stores, getting... Um, also, in nowadays for digital, getting it all set up and, and getting playlists and things like that, they sort all of that stuff out 
they still have some importance very much um and they've had to uh i would say a lot of labels have had to kind of um change the way they do things because of the digital age so maybe they are doing a lot more than maybe they used to do in in that side of things Mm. um but i mean we've noticed that you know the reach is far better than than us trying to do it ourselves and it takes a lot of work off of us as well where we don't have to be like mailing things out all the time and Uh um you know because we're all just five people living a normal life like everyone else i think a lot of people don't realize that with a lot of their bands it's like you know we're all you know it's not a day job we're not it's not paying the bills it's not you know it's not a nine-to-five job so it's hard to kind of do all those things so if it can take a bit of pressure off so that you know we can focus on mainly just doing music you know the thing that the fans want to hear from us is like okay well we can you know we can do more live streams or we can you know concentrate on writing and recording aspect of it and not have to worry about all the other uh business side of it that goes with it for sure not that you should stop thinking about it because it's obviously important as well but if it takes a little bit of the pressure off it's great you know Mm. but I, I mean i get as well that, you know you've, you've got the other side of the coin to think about with with finances and stuff like that as well but it should be a another example of a mutually beneficial relationship much like endorsements you know you mm. you know they 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 will help you because they know they're going to make income and blah 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 and then you know you go play the shows and that sells more records and that's how it should work <laughs> right. in a perfect world, but we're not in that at the moment with COVID. So, <laughs> no, absolutely not. That kind of throws um, spanner I in mean, the works with the <laughs> little bit. So, if you don't mind me asking, what what does pay the bills? Like, do you teach or do you do something else? Oh well, most of us have uh, working day jobs. Yeah, I think Scott's a teacher. Um, mm-hmm. Ash is a graphic designer um danny's a lawyer uh alex is does music and retail and at the moment i'm obviously trying to sort my health out at the moment so but i was uh before that i was a a uh insurance claims manager believe it or not (laughs) okay yep that was my uh that was my job for a long time so yeah we were all doing nine to five you know five days a week Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's 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 the that's the, the that's the bill paying stuff, <laughs> the boring stuff no one wants okay. to hear about. <laughs> right. How how I mean, how do you how did you arrange you know touring and going off work? Uh, oh, it was hard. A nine to five job. It's hard. Like it's not easy. Um, and 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 I'm saying that even considering we don't actually tour a lot compared to most other bands you know it's still pretty Mm. much like a hobby for most of us like um i I don't know how some other bands are like they're touring like nearly you know three quarters of the year i I, I actually i do Mm. know how they're doing because a lot of people in america and europe are very lucky you can drive everywhere (laughs) you can just jump in a bus and drive and play shows we don't have that luxury you know we've we want to play a show we've got to fly um and we've got to spend thousands of dollars to get there and there's no point in really doing that for a couple of shows so when you go to do that you right. try and 
you try to organize at least a couple of weeks of something mm-hmm. while you're over there. But yeah, it's not easy. I mean, you know, you tell your bosses when you start that that's what you do. But I used to just basically, when I was still doing it, you just kind of work extra time when you are around so that they don't say anything when you're not around. So right. You end up yep. doing no, end up doing more than the work that you usually do. So, but I guess just being honest and upfront. Um, I think mm. I think that's something that might actually be a positive change that will happen from COVID as well. Is that I think people are starting to realise that you need a bit more of a a work life balance. I think people are starting to mm-hmm. realize that now is like, wow, I was working like all of these hours and I look at all this stuff I'm doing and I'm not like, you know, people are starting up hobbies or learning an instrument or, you know, they're taking up study and learning something they ne- they've always wanted to do. You know, it kind of gives you a bit of perspective in that when you, yep. when you're forced to stop, you know, so I'm hoping that's going to be a positive thing moving forward that, that, maybe employees will start to realize the the benefit in a healthy you know work life balance for people because i think people work a little bit too much at the moment if i'm honest oh for sure you know we're for living sure. in a crazy capitalist world <laughs> mm-hmm. if you if you don't mind talking about your uh your health issues um because i know you've done some work you, you have chronic migraines is that yeah, correct they've been... and you've done some uh You've done some charity work for that as well. Well, I just this year I've I, um, they did. We've got a, a group called Migraine Australia uh, here who are mm. fantastic, and they've been. Um, they're a non for profit. Uh, I think they actually only just registered as an, an, an actual proper charity foundation just after this event. Mm. But they've been doing a lot of like really important work trying to get. Um, there's these new class of medications that came out. Uh, about a year, a year and a half, two years ago, and I was actually on them for a while, and I was seeing some fantastic results with them for a big year and a half. Um, it's a migraine-specific drug that is—they're called um, calcitonin gene-related peptide drugs, so CGRP. But uh, our government didn't pass them on PBS, our pharmaceutical benefits scheme, so they are unaffordable. Mm. So I had to come off them. And my Mm. health took a pretty nasty turn for the worse this year because of it. And you probably notice I've been a little bit quieter this year than I was before. And that's kind of, kind of why. And hence I kind of came out and was doing that because I guess I I kind of try and hide it a lot from people. It Mm. is an invisible illness. People don't really realize how bad it is a lot of the time. Um, And I guess I kind of, have been getting a little bit fed up with <laughs> people not understanding how how serious it is and, yeah. and and what I'm actually struggling with and you know the amount of work that goes into actually even being able to play a show I mean people don't don't really realize a lot of that so it's I've been trying to use my platform to shed a light for other people you know that are maybe don't have that platform you know I, I you know we, mm. I know we're not huge but I still have 30,000 people I can show that to you know on our Facebook and go hey you know right. what migraines aren't just a headache they're really really disabling mm-hmm. like and when I have an attack I can't do anything for like days sometimes weeks you know so it's like 
nice to be able yeah. to kind of I'm trying to kind of give something back and help other people as well um to shed light on it and and and, and stop the stigma around it really as well like because people still think it's just a headache yep um and that's the hardest thing to get people to realize that it's actually a complex neurological disability absolutely yeah i mean i i i mentioned to you offline um i've had a couple of friends that have had the uh oh i've forgotten the term but um hemoplegic migraines and yes. They're, and yeah. And they're, they're awful. completely, basically, like you a, know, one friend was, com- yeah. it's like a stroke and they're completely disabled one side of their body um, and out for yep. months on disability and they can't even, you know, live a, they, they have to live in the dark yeah, basically because it's so bad. That's, that's my life. Um, like 80% of the time I'm mm. in my bed, you know, and I just try and music is is something that still gives me so much joy and and it's really helped with my mental health so you know you, my doctors have always been like just keep doing music as long as you can do it because there's a lot of right. benefit in that for people and art in general for mm-hmm. everyone music painting whatever makes you happy you know we should be able to kind of you should use that as well as a, as a positive um uh, to to help with the the because it, it it affects your mental health like something chronic mm-hmm. man it's like you know so to be able to just even catch up with the the guys and and you know, do a rehearsal sometimes like the difference it makes in my mood is just like huge you know and yeah music it's a wonderful thing <laughs> do you, have you can you share any like methods that you've been able to deal with chronic pain um if possible yeah look it's it's literally just if i could give anyone advice it's that there is no one size fits all for everyone you know Mm. um it's a holistic thing and you really need to just kind of do a combination of everything so you know not no one drug is going to do anything no food is going to be a miracle cure you know it's all about just kind of uh, I try and do like a bit of physio or massage I get done. I use a lot of heat packs because I get a lot of um, neck and shoulder pain, which is also mm-hmm. a side effect of migraines because it all yep. just kind of refers. So I use a lot or, um, you know, I've got tiger balm that I sometimes just completely pummel on that. me as yep. well. That helps. Um, hydrolyte uh, to keep your, your fluids up um yeah just doing stretches and stuff like that as well and rest just listening to my body like that's been the hardest thing for me is like and I always feel terrible about it because like you know if we play a show I literally just kind of disappear after we've played to go to bed but I have to do that otherwise I won't be able to right play you know so (laughs) listening to your body and going well you know, I have to do this. It's, it's a hard thing to do. You just want to push yourself sometimes too hard. And, you know, when you push yourself way too hard, you, you suffer the consequences. You know, every time I've kind of done that, you always end up with mm-hmm. level 10 migraine that lasts like right. a week or something. So, yeah, just try and listen to listen to your body. If it's if you need to stop doing something, you just, you just got to stop, mm. you know. And I never used to do that. I used to push, 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 push to the point where it was just like really doing harm. Mm. And you can't do that, especially when you realize like 
that migraine is linked with uh-huh. stroke and MS and yep. all these other conditions. So it's like you can't play with fire yep. with these things, you know. Not at all. <laughs> so that's 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 probably the most important thing. Yeah, um, getting a good getting a good healthcare team is also huge, and it's hard to find. I don't know how you found it with doctors in America, but it's still a very misunderstood condition. Yeah. So there's a lot of people that doctor, you know, I've gone through three neurologists to find one that actually, you know, he actually is a migraine sufferer mm-hmm. himself. So that that and helps. He understands yeah. it, you know, <laughs> where they're not just going, oh, you don't drink enough hmm. water. <laughs> really? Is this, is this, yeah. you know, like, yeah, if, if water was the savior for everything, you know, like people wouldn't mm-hmm. have migraines. <laughs> Yes, I have drank 500 litres of water. <laughs> so, yeah. It's... Yeah, I mean, o- o- over here it's more um, dependent on your healthcare insurance. I found, um, you know, my pri- yeah. prior to moving to Texas, we had really good uh, health insurance. And now we've switched um, and the health insurance is awful. Mm. And now it's, you know, now I'm limited to who I can see and it's it's not great. Um See, you guys, I really mm-hmm. feel for you guys in America. I mean, ours isn't perfect here either, but it's, you know, at mm-hmm. least we've got Medicare um, and it's fantastic. The, the UK, like, when it's not actually under too much stress, the NHS mm-hmm. is actually brilliant as well over there as well. But it's a balancing yeah. act, isn't it? Because you need the public and mm-hmm. the private health to to take the burden so it's hard but yeah i don't know how you guys do it over there like i've seen some of the documents of like the costs for things and like i don't know how i would survive over there like take my hat off to you guys (laughs) like really it's just it just doesn't make sense to me the fact that there's like all these different pricing points and different companies and it's all just blurred like the the lines are blurred so much it's an overhaul but we'll 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 see what happens It'll take quite a lot. It probably doesn't help that you've got. It does probably doesn't help that you've got like how many states over there as well. You've got like people trying to do yeah. everything in each state. I mean that that does doesn't. I, I I'm I'm beginning to feel that the state laws are sometimes better than the federal laws. But I mean, that that's a rabbit hole. I'm not not. I wouldn't want to get. Oh yeah, go we're down. not even. So, <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so especially no. like now at the moment with everything that's going on, not it's a good not time. a good time. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the, um, so I like to do a, a section where I do a um, non-quick fire question round. Um, what significant negative experience have you overcome, and what did it teach you? Oh, wow, that's a really tough question. Um. Look, I feel like I've constantly been dealing mm. with a negative situation for the last sort of eight years. So um, what's helped me to deal with this then? Um, support and love from family and friends uh, has been amazing. And also you know, I've started listening to a lot of um, really interesting audio books recently that have been really great for um helping you kind of overcome sort of the negativity of uh, mm-hmm. things in your life, you know. Um, I started listening to a, uh, listening to a lot of um, – you're going to laugh at this. You're going to think, what the hell? But I've been listening to a lot of um, Greek mythology. Um, I listened to Stephen Fry Mythos recently, and that was just 
brilliant. And uh, the, the book, though, that really, really kind of has set me on a real positive path, like emotionally, has been a book by Brian Doherty's called The Theatre of War. Okay. And it's about... Um, it's about this guy that runs a theatre company and he basically does readings of Greek mythology for uh, pe- people, mm-hmm. veterans, veterans, people in palliative care, um, just sort of situations where people are kind of like dealing with a lot of stress and horrible uh, trauma mm-hmm. and how it has helped help them to deal with it. Okay. So it was a really beautiful book. I really recommend it. Like, um, yeah, Brian Dory's The Theatre of War. It's like, and I've lent it to a few people and they've actually said the same thing. So it's obviously a very right. good book. That's, so I recommend awesome. it. If you want something that's going to uplift you and um, give you some perspective and healing, I guess, without sounding too corny using a word like that. Mm. Um it's really, it, yeah, it was just such a beautiful book. I highly recommend it. Um, Fantastic. And, and yeah, just doing that and also just having, yeah, good good family and friends support, you know, and love and understanding has just been uh, really important, like not shutting people mm. out. It's hard to do that sometimes when you're in yes, a dark place. So that's that's really important. Like don't be afraid to reach out to people and, and have a conversation even if it's just like this what we're doing or a chatting even texting like communication mm. with people is just it's just such a powerful thing absolutely thank you um next one what major positive experience has given you the encouragement to follow this journey and that can be music that could be anything you want really oh look music's always been a a, a positive fixture uh in my life um like i said just going to rehearsal with the, the guy. I went to rehearsal the other week. I uh, hadn't been for a couple of weeks because I busted my shoulder and just having a laugh with the guys like, and just playing some music. I mean, just went from being like so mopey and not happy and, and then it was just like, this is great. I actually thanked the guys. I remember I messaged them. I was like, you know, you just need that sometimes, mm. just that, that lift. Um but, yeah, I can't really think of anything else. Yeah, music's just been a, a permanent fixture for me. So, I mean, that's always going to be my go-to um, for anything that's going to sort of get me through things, like putting on even just a CD. Um, funnily enough, Le- the new Leprous album was a massive, another massive thing that's just got me through some real rough stuff mm. this year. Um, I, I actually messaged the guys. I was like, why do you release albums when I need them? <laughs> <laughs> like they've done it twice now. The, the Melino came out that, you know, and came out when I needed it as well. So mm. it's like just sometimes depressing music is, is very cathartic. You know, it's not mm-hmm. all doom and gloom. It can have a very transformative effect on you. So right. get it all out and then help you process it, you know, for sure. I mean, thank you, Leprous. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Um, I mean, my 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 question really was just: was there any big moment in in your history of getting into music or getting in the band or whatever that pushed you to to follow it rather than like if you if you yeah, re- uh, probably yeah probably touring probably the first time I played over east was the first time I felt like oh, I could actually do this mm. you know because. 
you start off kind of playing, you know, in jam rooms and, you know, you do your, lo- your local gigs and stuff like that. But when, once you actually get on a plane and go and play for a crowd that's not in your hometown, mm. I think I think that's when you know, like, that's the, well, it did, for me it did. I know, like, some people are just not into performing live and that. But for me, I was just like, yeah, I want to do this forever. Right. Like, it was just the best feeling ever. I was like... I don't know any of these people and they're just, everyone's having a good time. You know, you're up there, you're having a good time, but you're seeing all the faces of people in the audience, you know, these huge smiles and they're singing all the words and you're like, how do these people, you know, mm-hmm. that, that that moment, that's when you realise, ah, oh, I could do this. Yeah, this is great. Like it feels really good. And it's not even just about the, the performing side of it it's like the the transfer of uh you know you're playing and you look out and you see them having it you know giving it back to you mm. you know it's that transference of energy that is just i can't describe it unless i i, I guess um any other musician probably get what i'm saying yeah. it's like that's the thing that feels just it's so powerful mm-hmm. you know better than any drug you've ever had in your life like just it, it feels amazing and it's like a big when it's a big room of people doing it as well mm. you know it i guess it, you could probably say i can understand in a sense you know when people go to mass or whatever it probably feels like that for them when they're singing in the church and stuff i guess it's kind of like a religious experience i guess in a way for for me anyway you know right. doing that you know it's just it's, it's such a beautiful thing to be able to share that with people you don't know mm-hmm. But you've got that in common with them just right. for that hour. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah, thank you. For... And it doesn't matter about anything else. Right. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. That's that's killer. Um, no worries. La- last, I mean, the last question I, I'm going to ask is uh, ju- just because I it would be funny. Uh, what, any Spinal Tap moments that, that oh. stand out? <laughs> I like how you ask that, like, like there isn't a hundred spinal tap moments. Oh, I'm sure there are. I mean, I tell you what, when we've been on tour in America, we've had some really hilarious, hilarious moments. I'm just trying to think of some that are like maybe a little bit not <laughs> that I can actually say. You can, on, on you can say anything, really. <laughs> no, there's some things you really don't want to know. Um, um, Okay, I'm gonna I'll tell a funny a funny story that's G-rated. Mm. Um, <laughs> when we were on tour in America the last time, um, we just played this amazing show. I think it was in Toronto. Mm-hmm. We're in Canada, definitely, because um, and we were driving the the bandwagon, and it was late at night, and we were just trying to get like a good distance for the next show. Like we were like, okay, we'll drive for like three hours, and then we'll we'll park up at Walmart or whatever, or the Tim Hortons or something. Like I don't know. Um, and we finally found like a uh, I guess what what would be called like a road stop where there's like the truck stops for the <laughs> we yep. went in, and we're driving, and then all we hear is like the guy that's doing the tour managing like stop you're gonna hit the thing and he's like panicking and then just bang and we're like oh god and <laughs> we'd hit a sign 
and and destroyed the door of the the generator door on the bandwagon. But Ooh. then when we went down to see what it was, we hit it was a sign that was bent the wrong way because someone else had obviously hit it as well, and it wow. said, "Be careful of the sharp turn." <laughs> <laughs> oh and and i'm not like it just turned into a whole it was like three o'clock in the morning and we're like losing it like oh my god you know going like this and then there's like this random like guy who was like i don't know he must have been like do you guys have rac over there you know like roadside assistance Uh, or in so so uh, america has triple a okay so I, i don't know what canada's got but like i'm assuming something similar but this guy obviously i think he worked like in something like that, or he was a mechanic, just mm. randomly, and he's like, "Oh yeah, I can get that off." And he just walks over at two in the morning and just gets the the thing off. <laughs> We've been trying to get it off for about two hours, by the way, and he's like, "Oh, I just need to take this one little bit off." And he just pulls the whole thing off in two seconds. And we've been like trying to get a wrench to try and get this bent, like, uh, <laughs> it's just, uh yeah, it was just one of those things. Like, and and there's like a million stories like that where things just go wrong. We've lost luggage or just weird things mm-hmm. happening with random people. I mean, I could I could tell you like a million stories, but most of them probably could not tell you on here. <laughs> right. <laughs> some of them are a bit. Some of them are a bit like spicy. So. <laughs> yeah, that's that's killer. Yeah, I mean, you, you should start building that into the show and start reciting them um <laughs> oh. so i saw a band um marbin uh they're, they're a jazz fusion band every one of their uh, songs has a has a story and i i think i played on the on the episode alabama sock party <laughs> so i never got the story of that one i don't know if you want to know that oh look and no, oh, look, you i may can, not when you're when you're when you're traveling vast uh spaces and also like meeting so many different people in so many different places i mean you're just bound to get some weird shit happen <laughs> like mm-hmm. it's just you know just you're gonna meet weird Absolutely. people you're gonna have weird things happen you know you're gonna be in we- weird areas i mean like we've been in places where like we thought we were playing gigs and it's turned out to be like it's not even a venue and stuff like that you know have you seen that meme where it's like this is the stage and it's literally just like <laughs> piece of cardboard and then there's yeah. we have plenty of power and it's a one one force <laughs> yeah i've seen that we've we've had so many of them like where it's just like what is this this isn't even a That's venue killed. so like you know it's just it's spinal that is being in a band it is basically just spinal tap that's touring that's... it's just that that is it <laughs> and then you've got <laughs> like the awesome gigs like on top of it, that just keep everything like Puppet sane. Show and spinal tap. <laughs> they keep it sane for you, you know. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's killer. So, all right. Well, let, let's wrap it up. This has been this has been a fantastic conversation. Uh, where can people find the, about the band? Get in touch with you. Yeah. Look, uh, we're on all the all the social medias. We're on Twitter. Uh, I think we're Voyager AU on Twitter. Voyager Australia on facebook voyager au i think we are as well on instagram um we're all we've all got our own um pages as well um we're quite Uh friendly we don't bite if you want to add us (laughs) (laughs) 
you know, if you want to say g'day or, or shoot a message, that's fine. Uh, we love it when you do playthrough videos and stuff as well. We've been getting a lot of them come through recently. Um, so, yeah, if anyone watching, please send through more playthrough videos because they put a big, massive smile on our face. So it's always just great to see people kind of giving you giving your music a go. Excellent. Feels good. Awesome. And then uh, at the end, I always like to play a, uh, a song. Which song would you like to, uh, you know, play at the end for everyone to hear what Voyager sounds like? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, I should probably put something on from the new album, shouldn't I? Um, you know what? The, 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 the newest album or the, the re-release of... Uh, um, well, what's your favourite out, out of the two newer ones? Go Smile or um, Colours? I'll pick something um, off of one of them for you. <laughs> colours, I'd say Colours is my favourite album. Um, but the the re-release of Ghost Mile with the the live version of of Meaning of I, that's such a killer that was sounding prog power, um, I think, li live version. I think that was Prog Power. I think that's what you're saying in yeah. it. Yeah, is that Prog Power Europe or Prog Power America? I think it was Europe that one. Yeah, but we've got like a ton okay. of Prog Power um, US versions up as well on YouTube. I think they put one up of yeah. like one of our first performances there. So, um, but yeah, no, that was killer show. If if you want to pick your favorite uh, song off of uh, the newest album, that would be great. Yeah. All right. Let me just have a. I think we will put on. I think I'm going to go full jaunt mode and put water over the bridge on, <laughs> just because <laughs> I like the jaunts. Okay. It's got got a bit of Devi okay. Devi vibe in there too for all you mm. fans of uh, Devon Townsend. But yeah, if you want some jaunty guitars, have awesome. water over the bridge. <laughs> Yeah, and speaking of Devin Townsend, I've had uh, uh, Ryan Van Poiteron oh, on the, uh, the podcast as well. He's such so, a great drummer. Yeah, that was a yeah, he and is. a really good dude so. too. Like really, just down to mm -hmm. earth. And actually, I mean, that's what you find out most of the time when you we you play shows and you meet these people. I mean, like I said, we're all just dudes and and regular you people. know just regular people doing our thing, and then it's just, it just spins you out when you meet them. And you're like, hey, man. <laughs> Oh my god! Right. <laughs> We've had a few freak out moments like that where I have to kind of remind myself, don't be that person. Just be cool, right. be cool. They're just like you. It's all good. <laughs> Absolutely. Anyway, mate, I'll let all you right. go. Well, yeah, like I said, this has been fantastic. I really appreciate you coming on. Um, so continued success and hope hope everything uh, you know improves for for your. Oh, thanks, man. It's a long um, journey, and, yeah, but we'll really get look there. forward. <laughs> Yeah, really, really uh, looking forward to any new music you coming out. And oh, and one thing I didn't ask you: any, I know you're kind of uh, limited right now, but do you, do you have any solo stuff like floating around? Not, that not you myself. Might release at um, some point. But my my brother from another mother, Scott, is releasing his Absent Hearts. Um, he just oh, cool. dropped a new single. If you're into kind of like mm, ambient. If you're into like ambient mm -hmm. post rock, um, it's really great stuff. Um, I've actually I've done some live shows with them doing it as well. It's like, yeah, go check out Absent Hearts. Uh, the Wave, I think, is the uh, the Waves the new single, I think. So yeah, okay, check I'll definitely it. do that. <laughs> Thanks as always for listening. I really hope you enjoyed this episode. If you're interested in supporting this podcast, then I'd be extremely grateful if you would. 
I have added a page on musiconyourownterms.com to allow you to do just that. On that page, I have added some eBay affiliate links to equipment I use on the podcast. If you buy anything from eBay with these links, then I earn a commission which really helps me continue to provide this great content to you, the listener. Stay up to date with the podcast and find out who I'll be interviewing in upcoming episodes before they air by signing up for the mailing list at musiconyourownterms.com. On the site, you'll also find show notes for every episode, some pretty cool videos to check out from various guests, and also links to their music and social media if you want to find out more. While you're there, don't forget to take a peek at the store and pick up something for your grandma. Keep pushing the needle and please be excellent to each other. This is Voyager with Water Over the Bridge.
know 